again. And so, you know, you remember back, those of you that were with us, go ahead, ushers. Those of you that were with us back in uh, Crystal Beach, you recognize that when the Lord sent us there, all he asked us to do, now we have this little church building there uh, in uh, Crystal Beach, Ontario. Just if you're not familiar with this area, that's about 10 minutes towards the one corner of what is Fort Erie. And God instructed us to buy a piece of property, through the ministry, to buy a piece of property there. And uh, God established then this beachhead and desired to create abundance into that community. Now, normally you'd say, you know, I'm a pastor, so here's what the job is. We want to make sure lots of people come and lots of tithers come particularly and all of those kind of things. But you know, God was not interested in that. What God wanted us to do was he wanted to, de to praise God and release blessing by declaring blessing over Crystal Beach. All God, that's all he asked us to do. We did other things and that was fun, but really the mandate for us was to go there and worship God. That means to, you know, charge the battery up. And then when we charge the battery up, now make declarations of blessing over the, the, the Crystal Beach area. Many of you know that, you know, you could have bought before 2004, this is when we purchased that property, before 2004, you could, there's a lady that I know that bought a whole block of Crystal Beach for $20,000. And, so, and then over the course of the next two years or three years, and that was a season that we were there, we kind of were there and then we came to Fort Erie and back there. We had this kind of, you know, anyways, <laughs> I don't want to remember that, regressed all that from my memory. But in that short season, the real estate values and just the, the ominous feeling that was laying over top of Crystal Beach, people would come, I know John and Roe mentioned this with us at the time, and they would say, you know, this, this black cloud that used to exist over Crystal Beach, now when you come across the Peace Bridge, you can see that that's dissipated, that that has, that, that has left. And all that we did was we worshiped God, that was our mandate, and we made prophetic declarations over that area saying the blessing of the Lord is upon you and you see the transformation that has happened. So what I'd like to do is I'd like to talk to you today a little bit. Um, I feel like we are in one of those kairos, as Bishop Tommy Reed would say, at a kairos moment. There's a transition in uh, things that are happening and I want to sort of prepare us for uh, the, the fall conference season that we are coming into. Now, you remember our fall conference about in November or so. Uh, I'll be able to get the dates. It's not my job. The, uh, but what I want to do is I want to prepare a little bit of ground because I feel like there's a preparational season that we each need to engage in to understand the things that God is trying to do as he moves us through these different stages. Uh, as you may know, we, have, we, bought, we purchased this building now that you're sitting in, 549 Garrison Road. We purchased in 2007, uh, did, uh, July 31st, 2007, which was just the other day, 10 years ago. And then our first service, and we renovated, if many of you here, I don't know if we're going to show you some of the pictures later on in the year, but this whole place was done in uh, lime green, Barney purple, and black filled with all of these Las Vegas style signs all over the walls, uh, black and neon green and uh, purple carpeting everywhere that smelt like an ashtray. And, and the only thing that was, that it, everything was a big, this is all a big open area here. The only thing we had was sort of where the, where the coffee shop is right there in the washrooms. That was all, that everything else was not here. 
And so over the next three months then, from July 31st of 2007 until November the 4th, was our first service. And so what we're doing this year is that you'll be have our fall conference will be aligning itself with that 10-year anniversary. But I, and that's really awesome. Praise the Lord for surviving <laughs> 10 years. Uh, anyways, so, uh, but what I would like to do is I'd like to give us also a little bit of prophetic understanding of the things that God is moving and what I believe God is doing in the greater picture of uh, victory and what the, what the purpose for us being here. A lot of times what we are very focused on at Victory is a personal personal transformation. I believe that the kingdom of God is all about personal transformation. I believe that as God transforms one heart, then he has the power to transform a region as that one heart, the virus as it were, the good virus of the word of God that produces a transformation in the heart of, excuse me, one person, then spreads to another person, spreads to another person, spreads to another person, and then slowly it fills up, uh, it fills up a region and fills up a community. And that's how the kingdom of God is intended on working. And so if you look at it on a concentric circle, then this is the person, the individual, and that individual then becomes part of a community or a church, we might call it. That community then is part of a town or in, in Fort Erie's situation or a city in Buffalo's sense. That city is now part of a region, that region part of a province or a state. And that state now is part of a nation, which of course is part of the globe, right? Uh, the, The way the kingdom of God is intended to work is that the kingdom of God starts where? Jesus said, where where is the kingdom? The kingdom of God is within you. So the kingdom of God then starts on the inside of a human being. As that kingdom of God establishes its residence through the word of God in the heart of a human being, that begins to spread outwards into, so that it fills up, so that it's basically you get heaven on earth out of that result. I want to draw your attention to what is the secular way of thinking about things. The secular way of thinking about it is if we could control the world around us and then slowly then that will impact my personal experience. And they're doing, they're trying to change the world in the exact opposite direction. Now, I'm not against science. I love science. I love all of these type of things. But can I tell you something? Trying to science our way into a good life is not going to happen. Our world today is the, mo- the richest world that has ever in the science community and our understanding of creation and our understanding of the world around us and the mechanisms and the connections and the bits and the ipti-tiptis of all the world around us. We've never had a world that has understood what we understand today. But that certainly isn't doing anything to improve the personal quality of life that Jesus was talking about. And it won't ever do that. I was talking to a health professional the other day, and we were discussing the matter of fear. And, uh, did you, and this is one of the statistics that he gave me was that five years from now, the number one presenting problem in a doctor's office, take a guess what that will be. The flu? No. Cancer? No. Heart disease? No. Anxiety. The number one reason people will be, pres- that's based on the curve at our present rate of growth of that problem, the, the number one presenting problem at a doctor's office is going to be anxiety or fear. Yes. 
and I was speaking, this person is a health professional, and so, and they were saying it's such a good thing that the world of medicine is developing all of these neuroscience drugs in order to help us with the fear problem. Everybody's going, okay, that's awesome. <laughs> no, it's not awesome because we have drugs already that'll do that, right? We have Prozac and Valium and all of these other things that help people with their anxiety, which is great. They have no anxiety. They also are zombies now. And so it doesn't, it, although it does solve the problem, it doesn't produce life. Do you understand? That's always what happens when this cycle is, tr you try to make the world align with our upside down nature. Yeah. It just won't ever happen. We just keep putting Band-Aid over Band-Aid, drug over drug, you know, yeah. RSP over 401k, over, the, you know, security system, over Rottweiler, over all of these type of things in order to try and solve the fear problem in our lives only for somebody to come along and say that that security system, there's, there's bad people out there that can disarm your security system and so you're... $27,000 alarm system doesn't do a thing to help you because all you think about is the one guy who knows how to disarm it. So as you keep going and we keep running down this road to try and solve these problems in the world around us, where it doesn't work, right? You know, it's like the more knowledge we have of the things that we need to be afraid of, the more we are afraid. And so solving the problem with more knowledge and more research and more on and on and on and on and on we go. And not that I'm against those things. It certainly empowered us to be able to take control of the world around us and, and manifest greatness because of it and do the most astounding things that a human can ever do. But we can't use those things to solve the things the kingdom of God is supposed to be solving. And that's what God is all interested in doing. He's always interested in igniting this parallel right here. He wants to fill the whole earth up with heaven. And the way he does that is he starts by filling the individual with heaven. And so when we take a look at uh, what I'm going to do is I want to draw, draw your attention then to the things that are going on here uh, and all around you right now, because one of the very difficult things about way, the way humans experience life is we always think things are going to be the way they've always been. So we look at what yesterday looked like, and we always think tomorrow is going to be some kind of a derivative of what yesterday was. What God is always trying to do is always trying to impact the mind of a human being to be able to see something in tomorrow that wasn't there yesterday. As he does that, he begins the process of manifesting that which you can see in the world around you. All of humankind, from when we lived in caves, if we actually did that, all the way back from living as cave people to now has always been driven. Every advancement has always been driven by a human being who could see something different in tomorrow than they, could exp than they experienced yesterday. I believe that a lot of that work has actually been God's work in the hearts of human beings because he's trying to get individuals to the place of destiny in their life. Every person, the design of every person or the, uh, the mandate of God in every person's life is always to get that person to their destiny. 
And so if their destiny is to invent electricity or a wheel or flushing toilets or whatever it would be that has benefited us in our world, God is always trying to reveal that destiny to the heart of, a, of, of the, any human that would even remotely listen, even to the place that they would not even give him credit for the idea or give him credit for the, the improvement that they made to the world around them. But can I tell you something? Just as God is trying to do that in the life of an individual, he's also trying to do that in the life of a community. So in a local church, God is also trying to do that. He's trying to gather all the people that he needs to be connected to this local community that are going to give it the strength and the destiny that God intended from the very beginning of time that that local community would have. And then... The same thing God is trying to do in a local region or a city or town or region of the world. He's got a mandate and a destiny that that was prescribed from the beginning of time that that local region had and that province had and that nation had and the globe has. You see, what God is able to do is God can see the the 24 hours of your day today and the 10 billion years that this universe is going to exist, he can see both of those things at exactly the same time. Your 24 hours, or let's say the span, maybe do it like that, the span of your life and the span of the universe in total to God is exactly the same thing. He's watching both happen simultaneously. The same way he's watching your life and your community and your city and your state and your nation and your globe, all of those things are simultaneously visible to God. Just as he's working you through your personal healing, he's working your community through personal healing. He's working through the community through that. He's going the city through that. He's going the province and the nation. He's doing all of those things simultaneously. See, God working on my life is also in, in motion of what God is doing at Victory. And then what God is doing at Victory is also in motion or connected to yes. what God is doing in Fort Erie, which is connected to what he's doing in the province. What's connect- Do you see that? Like all of these bits and pieces, kind of like the, 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 the roots of a tree, are all feeding one to another. Every single one of them have an essential purpose. And God leading and guiding people in and, you know, what's the healing and what's the, deli- what's the revelation, what's the place, what's the, all of that that he's doing is all driven by what he sees on all of these multiple levels as he's trying to restore everything to its God-given purpose. So God never, extend, never expected that the world would be in the condition that is in right now. Much like when each one of us came to the Lord, God didn't intend for us to be living in misery. He didn't intend us to be sick and broke and disgusted. He intended for us to be living like children of God here on this planet. And when you, fought, when you get yourself close to God, what he's automatically trying to do is get you restored from a person you know, who's lived in slavery under the kingdom of darkness. He wants to get you out of there and get you into the kingdom of light and get the word of God filling your heart so that you can come to that place where you are a manifestation of the sons of God in the earth. That's exactly the same thing as God is trying to do in a city. He's, obviously, he gets it where he gets it. So in, in, the, in the case of Fort Dreary, 
uh, or in the, you know, the second poorest city in the United States of America, God gets it where he gets it. And, and all of that process, God is trying to get into the minds of human beings a vision, an understanding of what is the prophetic destiny for that region. When human beings grab that prophetic destiny, when they see something different in tomorrow than they're experiencing yesterday, the power of that, when we receive it and say, okay, God, this is what you're doing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna forget about what the devil did to this region or what darkness did to this region. And I'm gonna take a look and see when light has the ability to flow into this region, what's light going to do to this place? It's like finding a diamond in the rough. You can shine as big a light as you want on that thing. It don't sparkle. It's not until all of the work and the, 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 the genius that is going to sculpt that stone into its perfectly faceted self, and now you shine a, a light on that thing and it, and it explodes with, with, with fire, with beauty, or whatever the words are for gems. Exactly the same thing now is what needs to be in our hearts and minds is what is God trying to do in the Fort Erie area, in the Southern Ontario area, and the Western New York area. Because I believe that you're going to see, as we talk a little bit about this today, that as God moves us from where we were, as we watch the, the little bit of the, 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 the pathway that he has had us walking on up until this point, we're recognizing that God is very interested. He's almost, you know, like a parent, like, you know, with Olivia, our little granddaughter. You know, we're just sort of, she's not really choosing where she's going. We're just guiding her along. Even when she becomes a little toddler, you know, you just kind of keep, you know, booping her and booping her and booping her and booping her. And then next thing you know, she's walking down the aisle like you wanted her to. That's what God is doing to us. He's not really explaining all of this in the beginning. So we certainly can't say that we have this master blueprint from the day we started ministry. And look, I don't know how great we are that we, no, it's not like that. We're just kind of doing what we're told and fumbling along. But what we can do is as we look backwards, we can see, okay, this is what God has been doing. This is the project that God has had us working on all the time, recognizing that he's certainly interested in your life and he's certainly interested in victory, but he's also now needs our minds to expand to be able to see God's also in the transform, transforming cities and transforming regions business. So... There's a couple of things that I, that in order to begin to discover the identity or the destiny of a city, a lot of times what you have to be able to do is go back to some of the unadulterated times in the life of that city. What was this area historically? And what were some of the clues that God was giving us about the destiny or the identity of this city or this region? And so as we started to look, Jessica did some of the research on, you know, all of these kind of subjects. I'm going to try to deliver some of it to you today. As you, many of you know, we started off ministry here in somewhere around 2000 or so. It was kind of like a flow in. We started in our living room with five people in our church, all of them biologically related to me. <laughs> but uh, really then uh, we sort of wandered around a wee bit and found ourselves really by the time we were getting going, 2004, we had this, we purchased this property. God instructed us to go to Crystal Beach of all places. I personally didn't know why God even sent me to Fort Erie. And I was quite surprised to find out that even though he sent me to Fort Erie, he specifically sent me to Crystal Beach. Now, many of you may not be familiar with Crystal Beach. Crystal Beach has a 
50 years of terrible history, starting about the, the, the 40s and 50s of the, of the 20th century, uh, 1940, 50, something like that. And that whole, re that whole part of town just, uh, many of you know, it just absolutely collapsed. So you did not go there unless there was a very specific reason to go there. Then you went there, hightailed it in, and you hightailed it out. It just wasn't a place to go. But when the Lord sent us there, he said, I, he began to talk to us about the seat of evil or the government of evil that governs the whole region uh, of this area. And he said, the seat of that government system is in Crystal Beach. And we did a whole bunch of research on that. I won't go into all of this. I mean, it's on tapes. You can get pieces of it. But in the historical place, the, 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 the Charles Finney's revivals of Rochester, there's a fellow, Rebstock, that was saved and set on fire in those revivals. And he was in the business of harvesting sand to go back to Buffalo. And they were building the break wall, that is what, that big wall that you see underneath the Peace Bridge. They were building that whole system. And the sand was being used to build that break wall. Anyways, bupti bupti. So the, as that continued then, he was, got saved and he got, you know, this great thing that was happening. He started having revival meetings there and tent meetings there and all of this type of thing. But it wasn't long until uh, darkness moved in and that place began to fill up more and more and more with witchcraft and all of the things that come along with, uh, with witchcraft. So much to say that uh, Carol Kornacki, many of you know her from um, TBN and all that, uh, she was saved at uh, Tommy Reed's ministry, walked in the back door, she'll tell you the story, walked in the back door, a witch, a heroin addicted, I forget what all the symptoms she had, diseases and all kinds of stuff, she could tell you the story, uh, gloriously saved under Tommy Reed's ministry, but her testimony to us was that uh, she, as a witch, would frequent the Crystal Beach area. And that Crystal Beach was actually one of the corners of the triangles, one in, is I think San Francisco, one was in Crystal Beach, and one was in Salem, Massachusetts. And Anton LaVey, the fellow that, per, that wrote the Satanic Bible, he's the, kind of the king warlock, or however they do that, uh, all, uh, over all of the Americas. And he used to frequent this little tiny hamlet called Crystal Beach as one of the, you know, the triangle is kind of like one of the witchcraft sing, symbols. And they had the, that, the, anyways, you understand what I'm trying to say? Yes. What's very interesting about that is that the place is called Crystal. So let make it make a little hmm note there. And then Fort Erie, even though we know Fort Erie as Fort Erie, if you put that slide up for me, guys, that first one. The the historic name we call this place Fort Erie because it has since um, uh, incorporated itself under the name of Fort Erie, but this is Fort Erie. This is the this is the regional uh, uh, place. This is the Niagara River right here. That's Lake Erie. This is Fort Erie. That's where we are sitting right there. This is called Birdie Township. That's the original name for this area, and the word Birdie is from a German word Brecht, which means bright or means reflects a lot of light. So that, so that would be, the issue is a lot of light. And then you'll notice if you know anything about Buffalo, Buffalo the nickname for Buffalo, does anybody know what it is? The city, the city of lights. Is anybody catching a pattern? 
And so what you're able to do is when you are looking at some of these issues, the original names for things can become very instructive about the things that God is trying to identity an area with, right? Like when you, were, when you received your name, you might think that it was just a random thought that your mom or dad had. God was very interested in impacting the decision that your parents made when they were saying your name. That doesn't mean he always got his way, but he wanted to get his way. And so he uh, identified then, or, or he gave you identity when he gave you your name. And so that's what many times you were here last week when we were uh, dedicating a child up here, Caden, and, and it's important. What does your name mean? I think it was Mighty Warrior or something like that, or I can't remember. But that name now has got significance in the identity of that person. Exactly the same thing happens when God is trying to establish the identity of a city or a region. And so this concept of light is a very important concept to this region, obviously, because that concept of light operates in the names or the nicknames of those areas. And so you would find even that uh, when... Um, when God's purpose begins to come forth in a region, as that purpose is manifested or visible, you can often tell or give uh, credibility to the name when you see the opposite come in and try to take over that area. So many of you would say of Crystal Beach, wow, that's a dark place. Now, God never intended a crystal to be dark. But you see that not only was it a dark place, but it had a, a reputation that would go probably three or 400 miles in any direction. I mean, there was a time when Crystal Beach, the park, was the only theme park within a thousand miles of here. Now we have Wonderland and we have Daring Lake, we have those type of things that have come up since then. But at one time, if, you were, if your parents were going to take you to a theme park, they were going to take you to Crystal Beach. And so this concept of a famous or, uh, as it were, infamous reputation for an area goes quite wide. You can go to places in Rochester and mention Crystal Beach and they, oh, yeah, I was there. People will know the area. And so same thing when you take a look at Fort Erie is that how many of you heard that the, the nickname for Fort Erie, right, was Fort Dreary. And so where you take now the opposite, and, and you know, I'm not from here, so I, a well-deserved reputation at that time because it was a very dreary place. It was a very, you know, you could, get, you know, this is where businesses come to die. And this is when, you know, if you have an idea that would work anywhere else in the world, bring it to Fort Erie to test it and it'll die here too. Yeah. Because everything was like that. It was just a dreary place where dreams come to die. But how many of you know that's the opposite of what God intended this area yes. to be? He intended this to be a bright place. Imagine what it would look like if it was a bright place, that rays of light were shining out all over the place. Same thing exists in Buffalo. Buffalo was at one time 90% of the grain that went westward went through Buffalo. So Buffalo was a port that literally fed three-quarters of the people in the United States of America. Going west and going east, it had the same kind of reputation for steel mills that were uh, taking the iron ore from uh, the upper areas of the Great Lakes. They, they could get it all the way to here, but they couldn't get it any further. And so they smelted it and built it and dum -da -dum -da -dum, whatever you do to steel, and then they put it on barges and floated it down the Erie Barge Canal. Until we built the Welling Canal, 
yeah, it's kind of our fault there, that we now could run shiploads of uh, iron ore down through the lock system, and so we could now sell our ore openly to the open market. We didn't have to take it through Buffalo, be smelted in Buffalo and all of those things. So as that transition started to happen, as they built many, many of you know, there's several Welland canals, um, but as they went through and built phases after phases, we were able to put bigger and bigger ships through that system. And those bigger ships, as you know, were able to carry large quantities of iron ore and we could now sell our iron ore to anywhere in the world. And that kind of took Buffalo's strategic location out of, the, uh, out of the equation. And so then, obviously, then you saw Buffalo go down, 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 down as they lo lost all of their industrial base uh, until really you came to 2007 when, as I mentioned earlier, it was now had the reputation of being second to Detroit as the poorest city in, uh, in America. Uh, but since then, many of you know that God has, if you've read the papers at all, you know that there are phenomenal things that are happening with the Reformation and the reestablishing of Buffalo into a place of prosperity and abundance where the light is now being restored to Buffalo and the goodness of God is being restored to that area. And, you know, Solar City, Tesla boys are coming in and IBM is coming in and the Meds and Eds are coming in and thousands and thousands and thousands of jobs are being restored to that downtown community there as people from all around the world now are recognizing that Buffalo is a very bright place to go, that it's full of light. And, they're, and, they're, and as that is recognizing, now God is very busy. As you know, Tommy Reed's testimony when he was here last, he was saying that back 40 or 50 years ago, God said to him, he said, do you have the faith to breathe under these dead bones and declare that this city will live? And he started to do that 40 or 50 years ago. Same thing that we were told to do in Crystal Beach as, you know, all of a sudden, if somebody would just declare what they, what they see inside the vision from God over a community and not what they see on the outside. There's lots of people that can go and say, oh, things are bad out here. Everybody can do that. What God needs is he needs a community of people that would say about their city, about their region, the things that he's saying. And he's saying that Fort Erie is a bright place, that it's full of light, that Buffalo is a, the city of lights, that it beams brightly uh, into, for the whole world to see. So what we can do then is that we can say, okay, that's awesome, bright light, bright light, bright light, let's put up a few bright lights. You know, if you take a look now at scripture, you find out that the concept of light is a very important concept. Matter of fact, even if you go back to the very first page of the first paragraph of the first chapter of the first book in the Bible, you know that God came on the scene and he said, let there be light. light. Now, was he referring to the sun? No. How do you know that? Because the sun wasn't created until day four, right? Does anybody know that? Verse 14, verse, uh, help me Jesus, verse 14 to 19 is day four. And on day four, God is saying that now, now there will be the lights in the sky, the, the moon and the sun and the stars. Da, da, da. So all of that was created on day four. What was created on day one or what was released, right? What was released was truth. So you see then when you run to Jesus' life, and Jesus says, I am the light, yes. right? John chapter 1, Jesus said, I am the, 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 the word of God became flesh, yes. that the life that was in him was the light yes. of men. Yes. Now, and we can see, and we've talked about this before, that that life, that word life, zoe, yes. 
is that eternal life like God has it component on the inside of Jesus that is the light. Now, and we know that that, uh, okay, if you were here a few weeks ago, right, the disciples come, eat my blood, drink, drink my flesh, and all that kind of stuff, and then all the disciples scattered except a few, and Jesus says, are you going to go too? Peter turns to him and says, where would we go? You have the words of eternal life. And so we can put all of those dots together and realize that the light, the life, and the word are the same thing. As the, as the word of God fills up the heart of a human being, that that human being is filled with light. Yes. Jesus said, while I am here, I am the light. While I, John chapter 9, while I am here, I am the light. And then he says in Matthew, he says, who's the light? You are the light of the world. So what's he talking about? You people, that you in that story, is those people who are filled with the word of God. Yeah. Jesus himself, the fullness of the manifestation of the word of God made flesh, he was the light with a capital L. Each one of us, as we are on our journey, is God's intention to fill each one of us up completely, 100%. Now, we may not get there, but you can get there where you are 100% filled with the, the light of God on the inside. Okay, summary, because I'm, oops, zero, zero, zero. The, what's the summary then to take away from what we're doing? What we're looking at is God's intention to create in this area a whole pile of people who are the light or the light of God is, is emanating from their lives. How does that happen? That we become these people who are personally transformed from lives filled with deception and fear and dread and selfishness to lives filled with truth and then faith, hope, and love as a result of that. That our lives then become a shining light to the world around us who think they can control life from the outside in, they can meet a group of people who are saying, no, the kingdom of God is within you. Yes. And that as that within you gets expressed on the without of you, that the world around you becomes filled with the light of God. So as we set ourselves then to this next season, that each one of us, if victory is your home, if you're visiting, God bless you, hope you enjoyed today. But if victory is your home, then what we're trying to do is we want to get each one of us so that our mind, our vision, and our purpose for our lives being transformed is that our community will be transformed and strengthened. And because of our com strengthened community, our city and our region will be strengthened by the communities within it that are being strengthened by the Word of God. And so you'll notice that people are walking around with these all-in bracelets on. This all-in is really a place of the next 21 days between now and the tent meeting that we have at the end of August, where we are deciding to say, okay, God, I'm preparing myself to be one of those people who are all-in, the ones that can see that my life matters, that I'm just not some casual observer here, that I can just sit in the back and remain dim, as it were, metaphorically, but I have seen my life as an important life in the transformational process of what God is trying to do at Victory and what God is trying to do in Fort Erie, what God is trying to do in Buffalo. There's this whole region is lifted up into its place of prominence and, and identity that God gave it from the beginning. Amen. 
that as we do that, then we're looking at, okay, where am I in that journey? As the Lord's been talking to us all year about the con- learning to control our negative thoughts and emotions in this year of great harvest. That faith is not the problem. Knowing that God wants you blessed or wants you healthy or wants you fulfilling your destiny. Those are not things which are challenging our mental faculties anymore. But instead of that, that the kingdom of darkness has, imp- has filled our world, everything around us with this, these issues of fear and dread. And as we allow those thoughts and those images into our mind, it literally is kryptonite to the faith that is on the inside of us. That as we just sort of step into that and say, you know what, I'm all in. I've decided that I'm doing battle with these negative thoughts and emotions. I'm not living another day uh, under the bondage of these, these imaginary forces that are trying to prove to me that God is not with me, that he's not enough that he hasn't got provision for me, that he doesn't have length of days for me, that he doesn't have satisfying for me, that he doesn't have a destiny. Can I tell you something? That's not true. And we're all in to say, you know what, I'm going to do whatever it takes between now and, well, for whenever, but over the next 21 days, that you get, get yourself one of these bracelets and be reminded every day that you're preparing for a season of transformation in the community that you are in. As God brought us to Crystal Beach, that was about a year that we were there. And it's been about 10 years since we were here. And the math isn't exactly right there because we were quite in transition. But as God put us here now for 10 years, 10 years is is a time of transition. That it's the end of one thing and the beginning of another. Pastor Tina, I'm sure we'll talk to you a little bit about that over the next few weeks. But what we're doing as a congregation is now preparing ourselves for this season of transformation. I'm going to encourage you. Many of the people around you you'll see are wearing these awesome t-shirts. These awesome t-shirts are for the water baptism in August. That water baptism is, I believe, even though we certainly don't have to get baptized more than once into the kingdom, but but I think it's an important marker for each one of us to be able to say that we are stepping into a new life, that I'm saying, you know what? Now my battle is against the fear and the dread and the selfishness that's gonna try and crowd my life, that's gonna try and steal my destiny, that's gonna try and, and, and fill my life with misery and torment, knowing that I should be here, but turning around and seeing that I'm only here. Can I tell you something? I'm gonna pray that each one of you considers, even though you might've been water baptized before, that you will look at this water baptism service at the end of August to say, you know what? I'm making a decision. I'm recommitting myself to this greater purpose. I'm recommitting myself to the purposes of Southern Ontario and Western New York. I'm gonna do whatever it takes, whatever would be in my power to see the light that is within me shine forth so that that light can get into the lives of other people. And whatever that would take, however form that would mean as God leads you forward into the purpose and destiny of your life, you're making that declaration as each one of us are that say, you know what, God, I'm all in. I'm listening to a song back in the prayer room, you know, all the creatures, how's that one go? All of creation obeys you, so will I. Can I tell you something? You know, God's order, God's creation, the parts that obey him are the parts that are in complete and perfect balance and order. That where the disorder comes is in humankind, the rebels, the people who desire to do things contrary to the ways of God. That's what's making the whole mess. If we could be those people, even though there may be only a couple of us in here, if we could be those people that would stand for the light, who would stand for the answer, stand for the solution, 
of what, the, what God is trying to accomplish here. We certainly believe in it for our own lives. We've experienced it. We've seen it in our community. We've seen it in this environment that we draw together. And now what we're going to do, we're contending to see that happen in this city. Put your hand over your heart as you say this with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I boldly declare with all of my heart that I am all in, that I desire more than anything that you would use me, that you would use my life, that you would use my family, that you would use my community, that you would use my city as a bright shining light, as a praise in the earth when those who are looking for God, who are looking for his goodness, would see the bright shining light. And in the midst of their darkness, they would know where to go. They would know where God is. They would know where to find him. And I purpose today to allow my life to be used for this grander purpose. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. You know, I remember when we first came to this building and we had um, purchased it from Delta Bingo, they were running bingo 24 hours a day. There was games and people in and out of this place 24 hours a day. And I remember in one of the first services, we received a prophetic word as a church that said that the glory of the latter house would be greater than the former. That this church would be known for people being in here in the sanctuary, just loving and worshiping God 24 hours a day. And I feel like as we take this step as a house to say, yeah, this is not just about my life and my kid and my family, but this is about God transforming a region. We hear that all the time about people driving by and seeing the parking lot that's always full of cars. And that speaks to them about the fact that God is doing something in here. What we are doing as we take this message is we're taking it and saying, hey, my part inside of this is that I'm all in for this vision to see God transform and bring this city back to its original intent. And I'm going to do my part to see that happen. So as you take that stand with us over the next three weeks before the water baptism service you're able to purchase one of these wristbands or a t-shirt you don't have to be baptized to get a shirt anybody can get a shirt but we really 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 encourage you to take that to the lord over the next couple weeks if you've ever done it you get baptized in the lake and it is one of the most powerful experiences of your entire life i've gotten baptized multiple times a ton of our leaders have and it's just a great way to say as a demonstration a public decoration God, I'm all in this thing. So you can sign up for water baptisms. You can also register. The bracelets are five bucks and the t-shirts are 15 Canadian. You can get them out there. You order the t-shirts and then you'll pick them up next Sunday, but the bracelets are available here today. So we are doing all of this for our iHeart weekend. That is coming up August 26th and 27th. On Saturday the 26th, we will be here with Ben Williams and it is our fourth annual rack day where we're just gonna go out and love our city. And then on Sunday the 27th, we have our tent service with our family barbecue and then water baptism service. So to register for that weekend, you also can do that at the table outside of the bookstore today after service. Um, the kids um, are going out to do their day. The Rev is doing their rack day this Saturday here at church. They're meeting first from 10 until 1 and all kids 9 to 15 they're doing their own rack day on Saturday. So if you have any questions about that you can see Destiny Sawatsky at the back and she will give you more information for that. Praise the Lord. Today after service we're having
having our meditation seminar. That will be meeting in the large area, the large tan room. Why do they need to meditate? After this kind of service, why do you need to meditate? Because Jesus has some big dreams. And um, actually today, Miss Joy will be back there and she will just be giving you some of her amazing tools. If you ever heard her meditate before, as she just begins to speak out what the Lord is showing you, the presence of God hits. And she's going to give you those same tools on how to use meditation to do exactly what Pastor said today, to allow the Lord to give you a picture of what he wants to do. And you begin to speak and declare that thing in existence to transform your life. So the tools that you need in order to do that for your own family and for this house and also beginning for our city you can do that with their meeting in the big Sunday school room 30 minutes after service and then the final and final announcement of today you guys there still we have re-edited and redone our hope series this is a one of our foundational series and for where we are right now it is a key for you to be able to get these fundamental truths inside of your heart so we have redone it we have shortened it and also given you a study guide for you to be able to just dig into this in your own time with the lord so this series is available in the bookstore after service praise the lord prayer team you can come on up if you want somebody to agree with you before you leave today then make sure you make your way to the altar praise, praise the, the lord. lord stand as we close today's service say this with me say jesus thank you for sending me to the greatest church in the galaxy i know you sent me here because you wanted to transform my life and you wanted to change me so that you could use me to transform others say holy spirit i'm all yours use my life to glorify god and build his kingdom in jesus name Amen. Would you love on somebody before you go? And I'll buy you a free cup of coffee in the hallway. Those of you on the internet, thank God for you. We trust that today's service was a blessing to you. And we'll see you next time. God bless you.